Favorite athletic bikini brands. Honey, you want to take this one? Oh, yeah, I got this. <laughs> Ski or die. Die. Hey guys, welcome back to the Ski or Die podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Montavon. I'm Stevie Island. And if you're new around here, we're going to go over the rules of the show really quick. So we are an organic show, which means we need your help to grow the Ski or Die community. So if you learn anything today, if we give you a fresh perspective, please share this episode with somebody who you think would benefit or would enjoy the content as well. That's all we ask. Um, so today's format is a new format we're introducing. We were inspired by the Chasing Excellent podcast, Chasing Excellence podcast with Ben Bergeron, which is one of Stevie's favorite shows. Um, and we're going to use the format called the Two Minute Drill. So if you're not familiar, it's um, a series of rapid fire questions, and you try to give you know a decent, comprehensive answer in under two minutes. So it's not all long and drawn out. Um, it's just very rapid fire. So. The other night I did a Q&A on my Instagram story. I did a ski Q&A and a bunch of people submitted some questions, but instead of answering them on my story, like I traditionally would, we actually saved them and are doing them on today's show. Yeah. Should I get an actual timer out? I guess you could. Maybe we'll do a stopwatch. It doesn't like buzz at us, but yeah. we can just have it for reference. <laughs> Especially because it's both of us, you know, so. Yeah, we have to, we have to. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so I guess oh I'm just gonna gosh, start picking. So I know. <laughs> okay, guys, so first question Do you wash the lake water out of your hair every day after skiing? <laughs> I feel like this is a girl specific question. So, no, I do not. Um, if you're a girl, you'll know that washing your hair every day and styling your hair every day is a bigger task than any man could possibly understand. So, no, I don't wash the lake water out every day. And I ski in a lake that's pretty clean. So um, I wash it like every other day, every two to three days. Dry shampoo is my best friend. A really good hair oil is my best friend. But yeah, washing like water out of your hair every day is not necessary. But you didn't grow up in Dallas like I did where it was literally a mud pit where we skied. <laughs> so you like get out of the water. And I used to have long hair in high school. Down to the small of my back, I had long, long, long hair. And I would get out and it would just be like caked with mud. Ew. Just from skiing. It was really gross. Caked with mud. We're just okay, going out the front to the little, bottom no, of the lake. I was a little hyperbolic. It was just like <laughs> Dave did that once. My dad. Oh my, oh my god. god! He went out the front and he, he his ski went flying through the air like a helicopter. He went straight into the mud because it's only like four feet deep. He comes out and his head was like a Q-tip. Oh god! <laughs> with mud sticking out of his head. Oh no! <laughs> Dave, I'm really sorry. We shared this story about you. <laughs> oh my god! It was amazing. Um, okay, next question. Um, have you ever gone through times when you just don't want to ski or you just went off of it? So somebody actually asked me this the other night at a dinner party, kind of a similar question. And you know, the truth is 
there's never really times when I don't want to ski. Do I have a handful of days out of the year where I wish it wasn't so intense? Probably, I'd say there's probably like a collective of like 14-ish days out of the year where I'm just like, oh my gosh, what do normal people get to do? Because I just feel like my schedule is so, I run so tight on a schedule, everything's so rigorous, everything is very, very intense. Nothing is really just done for fun. Like I, I am very, you know, goal oriented. I have an objective I'm trying to achieve basically every day, whether it be in the gym or at work or skiing or, you know, whatever. So there's about 14 days out of the year where I'm like, oh, do I really want to keep doing it this way? But they're usually not days in a row, right? They're 14 days like sprinkled in there. Probably means I need like a rest day or something, honestly. I'm very much looking forward to my rest day tomorrow. Yeah? Yeah. Are you having one of those days today? I'm having one of those days today. <laughs> one of the getting, 14? <laughs> I'm doing two a days today, actually. Skiing twice. Yeah, so Stevie's going to ski a couple sets with me this morning, and then he's going to ski a set later with his other training part, one of his other training partners. So he's going to do a three a day in total. But you're not going to the gym tonight. No, skipping the gym. Yeah, so it's survivable. So you're like, quit being a bitch, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even going to the gym, whatever. <laughs> well, you hear those stories about like, you know, the like go three eventers back in the day, and they do like five sets a day, and they I just still do that. It's not back in the day. I don't know that many people who do. Now. I don't know. No, I don't know that many who are good who do five sets, right. or real five sets. I feel like I've been to Jacks a few times, and the three eventers are just going literally all day. That's true. Yeah, that's prob like that's probably the site where you're going to see true three eventers train. It's yeah. Jacks, actually. No doubt. Um, Ooh, look at that. Ooh, right Two on time. Minutes, right? See, we're getting good at this. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Favorite athletic bikini brands. Honey, you want to take this one? Uh, yeah, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> oh so a lot of my bikinis that I have right now are a brand called Black Bow. Um, the guys are not going to get this part. So they have <laughs> a lot of different cuts for the bottoms, depending on how much coverage you want on your bum. So they have everything from very narrow to not full, full coverage, I would say, um, but like medium coverage. And you can mix and match tops and there's lots of fun prints. There's also different cuts of tops. Um, so yeah, that brand I've kind of liked, but all of that being said, I really have liked skiing in my CrossFit shorts. I bought, what, five pairs like a couple weeks ago, and that's what I've been wearing as my bottom when I ski, and it's just so much more secure. And I don't even wear bikini bottoms under the shorts, I just wear the shorts. Because it's, this is another thing guys wouldn't understand, layering up tight layers of clothing is so uncomfortable. Like most of men's stuff is cut to be kind of loose for what you got going down, <laughs> down there. <laughs> but um, bikini bottoms and tight shorts on top of each other suck. So, um, you know, if I had to give somebody advice moving forward about how to dress athletically for skiing, buy CrossFit shorts and buy, try to find bikini tops that kind of coordinate with those colors, and then you'll, you'll feel set. If you want it to be truly athletic. If you're looking for just an actual cute bikini, I mean, black bow's a good option. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Would you agree? <laughs> I full-heartedly agree. <laughs> um, okay. What is your zero-off type? So this is an interesting one because I really have to answer by boat at this point. I don't know about you. A little bit. Um, so on a Malibu, I tend to like a um, B2 or A2. Um, on a new, the newer Nautiques, I 
I have liked A2 in the past, but right now I'm really liking C1. On a 200 Nautique, I liked B2. On a Mastercraft, I've liked everything from C1 to C3. So that probably helped none of you at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. I'm C2 for everything except for the new Mastercraft. I kind of like a C3. That doesn't surprise me because I like C3 too. Mm. Yeah. Simple. For me. But when you were on for the... For you, um... it's like a formula. <laughs> like, you're like that meme from... <laughs> it's always funny. Well, what happens a lot in tournaments is when I'm feeling a little bit... Um, like, feeling the pressure of the event, I tend to rely on my strength a little bit more. If you've ever watched a video of me ever, you'll see that I throw skill out the window and I get very athletic. And um, when I use more of my strength, I need to feel that reciprocated in the boat, right? So I tend to up the letter number up into the C range, even all the way up to C3 if I need it, so that I feel like I'm, you know, dancing with a worthy dance partner. You know, I need that reciprocated strength. So mm. I'm not saying it's a good thing that I can ski C1, C2, C3, and I've done it a lot in tournaments. I would like to be more skill-based and then be able to enjoy that rhythm of like an A2, you know, or an A1, but um, that's kind of a learning curve that I'm on, personally. Um, okay, another question. Best and most effective training out of the water to get course ready? I mean, aside from training in the gym and eating well, to get course ready, you just have to spend time on the water. Yeah, there's no gym activity that I've found that you can do in the off season to not, you know, to, to prevent you from being super sore once you get back into it. Cause I and took off season every year when I was growing up in Dallas mm -hmm. and getting back in was always like, you just had a couple weeks where you were just sore and, and bad. <laughs> well, and even if you think like you're going to train any rhythm or any skills out of the water for the water, I've never seen anybody really successfully execute on that. You know, I see people who like at the, at the tournament when they're doing their warm up, they like walk a big zigzaggy line and throw their arm out and like, I've seen that. yeah, they walk. And I'm like, that doesn't yeah. do anything for you. You're just <laughs> nervous and you're trying to burn off some of the nervous energy, but you're not going to learn anything. Maybe from it's that. just a mental thing. Like the Lindsay Vaughn, like she's has to envision the course before she goes in, you know, Have I'm you not, do that? yeah, but I'm not going to say any of us are on Lindsay Vaughn's level. <laughs> That's like not even. Yeah, but you can still maybe use her <laughs> technique. You don't have to be Lindsey Vaughn to be Lindsey Vaughn. You know, the only thing I think I would throw in, maybe like into the running for an answer to this question, other than you just, you know, spend time on the water, practicing your alignment by tying a rope up to a tree or something really stable and practicing that long alignment. And if you have somebody, I do this with Stevie, we'll have to do a video of this sometime. He'll jerk on the rope. And the goal is to get back to your alignment as fast as possible and to kind of be, you know, the least amount disturbed possible in the face of that, you know, artificial adversity. We'll have to do a video of that so people can see what we mean. Yeah. But I think, you know, practicing alignment on land is usually pretty productive for people because they'll think they, they've got it on the water, like I'm doing it. And then I show them on land and I really like get them lined up and they're like, oh, this is what this is supposed to feel like. And yeah. And then you can kind of see it. You can have a visual that you want to get to yeah. in the course. Mm -hmm. There's also a program coming out, a ski or die program that could help you. You're going to tell them about this? 
Go ahead. You already started. <laughs> you opened up the door. <laughs> so we are do, doing programming. We're coming out of programming in a month or so uh, called Skier Dive Program. We're going to have uh, two tracks. There's going to be a foundations track, and there's going to be, uh, what do we call this? Like, the athlete The athlete programming. track. And the foundations track is more calisthenics, stretching, and core stabilization skills. Uh, and it's all, both of the tracks are going to be a bit of a, a warm-up. And then there's like a basically an isolated strength part, and then there's a metcon. And for those who don't know what a metcon is, it's kind of like a high intensity or a low intensity, fifteen to twenty minute, uh, you know, metabolic cardio conditioning. and conditioning. Metabolic what, conditioning. Yeah, metcon stands for. That makes sense. Oh, I didn't know it actually stood for. Really? Uh, you're the actual, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is awesome. No, so we've been getting a lot of questions, people asking us, hey, can you post your workouts daily? Um, you know, how does Stevie look the way that he does? Like, what do you guys do in the gym? And we realized there's a lot of different types of skiers out there. So we wanted to develop our own programming um, that is produce, uh, productive and conducive to different starting points. So the Foundations program is going to be really good if you don't really have a lot of consistent gym experience um, because it's mostly body weight oriented. I think it's completely body weight oriented. Foundations is. Yeah, foundations. So foundations is, will be accessible to basically anyone. Yeah, or if you're somewhere where like gyms aren't open or it's hard for you to get to a gym, this would be a great way to um, build a lot of those stabilizing muscles, great way to get started getting moving. Um, and then our skier die athlete programming is going to be um, a little bit CrossFit inspired, but more accessible than CrossFit. Like you won't necessarily need all of the CrossFit equipment that's in a traditional CrossFit gym. This is for people who have a little bit of gym experience, like they want to throw a little bit of weight around, you know, they want to work with equipment. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit more intense. This is where a lot of like the big strength building is going to come from. Mm -hmm. um, so this is good for people who have some athletic experience. They want to take it to the next level in an organized way. Um, or they you know, just enjoy being in a physical gym. They don't want to train at home. This would be another good option for you. Um, they're both going to be eight-week programs. Um, we've had a few other ideas for different structures, but we felt like a good starting point, um, especially in the beginning of the season, as people get ready for their tournament season is going to be this foundations or athlete programming. So if you're getting ready for tournament season and you need to cross train and you have no idea where to get started, foundations is good for you. If you like the gym, you just want some direction for once and you're getting ready for your ski season, um, ski or die athlete programming is going to be good for you. And it's raining now. And it just started raining. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we're recording this podcast and not the lake. But uh, it's also going to be an ebook. Yes, it will be an ebook situation. So um, it'll be an instant download. Um, you can have it on your phone, and iPad, we'll be whatever. Giving, uh, sample workouts for free as well. Yeah, so we'll be posting about um, that on our social, like sample workouts, um, and there'll be some samples you can look at online before you, you know, if you choose to buy the programming, just so you have an idea of what it's going to be like. But we're very excited about that. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's all, we worked with a few different coaches specifically, you know, our input as skiers and my background with um, athletic training and then what they know working with all types of people to try to create something that was ultimately going to help skiers have um, stronger alignment, avoid injury, um, just be a really good complement to water skiing. Yeah, no doubt. 
Um, so anyway, that's the first announcement about that. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, okay. Kind of came out of nowhere. That was a little over two minutes. But. Sorry, guys. Yeah, sorry, guys. We <laughs> broke our own our own. That roles. was like ten minutes. <laughs> um, how many competitions have you taken first in? Oh come on! You would pick that one. <laughs> it's <Yes>. in there. <laughs> um. Well, now you're gonna give me even more shit because I don't really know. I don't know either. Yeah, I mean. I just regionals I've, and nationals once. Yeah, I've, I'm not as impressive as you. That's ridiculous. Nine-time national champion. Yes, nine-time national champion. I have won. You've won! <laughs> Yay! All right, we can still date. <laughs> um, I think I won most of the regionals. I went to. Um, I won Pan Ams. I won Junior S Open. I'm trying to think if there's any other big important ones. That's kind of it. Oh, I saw them. No, never slalom. You haven't gotten first in slalom yet? Mm-mm. Hmm, cool. That's why it's been so fun for me, because it's like... Okay, so when I was a kid, I grew up trick skiing, and I had no concept of how good I was relative to everybody else. So, like, my first nationals, I beat everybody by a thousand points. Like, it was just... It was easy right off the bat. That picture was so cute, too, of you and your mom. Oh, after it. we got back? Yeah. With our little medals? Like, congratulations, Sally and Elizabeth. <laughs> National champions, daughter, mother combo. And it was in Texas, so my parents bought me cowboy boots and a sombrero as a congratulations present. <laughs> I was very proud. Wait, was that Lago? It was the one where it rained a lot. Yeah, it was Lago. Yeah. Um, but slalom, like, obviously I haven't won anything yet, so it's like a true, like, fight, you know what I mean? Mm. So I've really, I've enjoyed that a lot. Um, what is your favorite brand of ski? Well, I mean, that's a hard question to answer purely because I haven't skied on everything. I'm sure everybody's thinking the right answer is the ski you're skiing on. And I do love my <laughs> ski. It's a good. It's a 9970. But I haven't tried everything else. So my favorite ski is the one I'm on because that's what I know. Fair enough. Right? Yeah. I'm on a D3. It's my Just, favorite. W w which D3, though, honey? Ion. Okay. The red Ion. <laughs> yeah, I forget what the red and the blue means with D3s. Stiff and soft. Oh, well, they color-coded it. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many hours of practice each day? So I would say on a big day, I probably ski for about an hour in total. And then yeah. I spend about an hour to an hour and a half in the gym. So, I mean, at most you're looking at, and if the gym goes over, maybe two and a half to three hours. Of just training. Yeah, of yeah. training. It's not like other sports where they train all day because they right. can train a lot of like accessory work. Right. If to train ski, you have to ski. Yeah. There's no way around that. So. Um, we probably should do more like mobility training though. Does anybody ever want to do mobility? We talk about doing I mobility. Know. I do it. It's you just do it. I have this thing. It's really annoying. It's called like a job. And it's like kind of gets in the way of shit like mobility training. Work is a bad four-letter word. <laughs> we don't like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're about the same because I mean we train not almost always together. Yeah, we're but we, pretty much doing the same shit. Yeah, yeah. So two to three hours a day. This is why we don't have a life. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um. Have you ever had any injuries? How did you come back from it? What did you do to stay focused? I'm trying to think of like, 
See, my injuries we always skied through. <laughs> then that's not an injury. No. Well, that's just a hurt. No, no. There was one nationals where I, I broke my foot three weeks out, and I just didn't tell anybody, and I got second. You're so annoying. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah, I had a little like I had a little baby hairline fracture, but with if I taped up my ankle and then in the hard shell boot, I had like enough support that I could get through mm. my trick run. Well, for me. So don't do that. <laughs> don't do what I did. Yeah, no, it's not worth it. But for me, I had a three slightly herniated discs in my lower right back. Uh, they recently bulged actually last year again. So I've been dealing with that for about four, four and a half years now. And it's been a long road. Mm -hmm. uh, it took, you know, eight weeks of PT originally. Um, I took a lot of medication. I had to take a lot of time off from the gym. Uh, it was really, really hard. And then when I got back into skiing, it would flare up. Um, and You were getting epidurals. <sighs> Well, that was recently. That was when it bulged up again. I did really like a heavy deadlift workout in the gym and it just tweaked and I was in so much pain. It, it shot down my right hamstring and it was so tight I couldn't even lift my foot up without searing oh. pain. And I, it, just, it was basically three weeks straight of intense pain. I was having to stretch six times a day for like an hour. It was really, really bad. Uh, just to, to like really get around mm -hmm. and I was taking a lot of pain medication and so I finally went into a doctor and we have ended up doing epidural injections I did three rounds of epidural injections including I continued the PT exercises and I continued to ski through all this like an idiot yeah you, you yeah that was not smart I probably should have taken some time off but I just wanted to continue to train so I guess I was kind of an idiot too training like skiing through my Yay! injury idiots uh, Yes, so proud but of us. That was a long, long road. But the flexibility training and mobility training is really what got me through it. Mm -hmm. mm. I mean, if we're going to talk injuries back, I don't even know what year it was. Two years ago, it was in October. I, this was when I, back when I was doing a lot of yoga. And this is not um, a diss to yoga because I do love yoga. But I was doing a headstand for the yoga studio I worked in, they were doing a photo shoot with their new apparel and they're like, okay, Elizabeth, you're gonna get in a headstand and so-and-so's gonna do this and whatever. And I got in a headstand and I was on my head and I heard my neck crunch. Uh, and I was like, oh shit. Oh no. And I did the class, I did, you know, whatever. And I don't really remember when it hit me, but my right hand went numb. Oh no. Yeah, and so. So you like slipped a disc in your neck then. Yeah, and it was pressing on the ulnar nerve, which for those of you who don't know which nerve that is, it goes from your neck, down your arm, into your pinky and your ring finger. So it was pushing on that nerve. Whole arm, especially the hand, was just numb. Like it was just, I could, I could pick up the arm, but it was almost like just kind of having a lifeless limb. Um, and so I, I took a few weeks off because I didn't really know what it was at the time, right? So I was like, okay, I just, I'm overtrained, like it'll go back. Um, and it never went back. And I was like, wow, this is the end of like my ski career. And we were still in like the beginning phases. You know, mm -hmm. I was not running a lot of buoys. We were still in, like that building phase, you know, as we call it around here, the eating shit phase. <laughs> That's why you pressed through and kept skiing. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't get to ski as much as I wanted. Um, and then I found somebody who was able to help me, first of all, educated me. The disc needed to go back so there wasn't pressure on the nerve, so the nerve could fire again so that I could feel my hand again. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been, that was a long road. There was a lot of therapy that went into getting that disc back. Okay, it's got to stay back. Because once it was back, it's not like it wanted to stay there, right? It's going to mm -hmm. move around. 
Um, and part of it was, you know, because slalom skiers, their shoulders are very rounded. And when your shoulders are rounded, continue to be rounded and your, your front body, so you're like your pecs especially get very tight, um, you're asking for something in the back of your neck to move. You're just setting yourself up for it. So um, training back body so I, you know, open my shoulders up and keep them back and down. Loosening the front body has been productive, but every once in a while still I need to see somebody to have mm. them put it back. Um, but I haven't had to take time off of skiing because of it in a very long time. But if you, if you look at my ski handle, the side that I grab with my right hand, which is the hand I'm speaking about, it gets worn down because I, I'm always so afraid of that hand going numb while I'm behind the boat and just, I mean, absolutely eating shit. If I lose one hand behind the boat, I'm gonna eat shit, right? So I death grip the hell out of my handle on the right side and I have to buy new handles frequently because it gets so worn down. So. And because you ski twice a day every day. <laughs> well, that does it too. <laughs> um, run that one too. Sorry, that was another long one, you guys. <laughs> we're so bad at this. We were just saying how good we were and then <laughs> now we're sucking again. I want to start the sport. What's the best way to find people to ski with who are already into it? What would you say? Good question. I think that I've seen people find the most success through everybody's favorite medium, social media. Um, there's a few different platforms where you can kind of like throw up a flag and either people will find you or they will direct you. Um, Water Ski Hub on Facebook is a Facebook group you can ask to join and then post, you know, your question about, I want to find skiers in my area. Um, and also Ball of Spray. Ballofspray.com. Yep. It's a website and um, there's a forum. So you, you know, make post your account and, and post in the forum. And you can also just Google Water Ski Club near you. That's what I did when I was in Nashville. I got to ski with a few people. And yeah. That was just, you know, they have their email there and you email them, hey, I'm looking for a set. And then if it's a cool vibe, you can join the club and then you got it. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, if you're looking for like a club where there's, it's more organized and there's a lot more people, you can search for it that way. If you're just kind of looking for a couple people to ski with in the mornings before work, um, you can probably find some people too. But that's where I've seen the most success. I wish there was a, like a, a website that was like a catalog. Oh, wow. That'd, that'd be, cool. be cool. That'd be super cool. Yeah. Just like, I'm Elizabeth. I'm a 27-year-old female. I ski here at these times, typically. Well, World Water Skiers kind of doing that. Can you can you search for, like, ski partners on there? I'm not sure. I haven't used the uh, the platform very much, especially since last year was kind of messed up because of COVID. But yeah. I know that they ask you to put in your hometown and, and your home lake, like, where you ski. Oh. So you know, that might be a searchable function. I have no idea. Huh. I mean, that would be really cool if you could do that on World Water Skiers. I have to talk to Jarrett. Yeah, we need to find out if that's an option. All right, well, that's a good place to wrap up, I think. I think we're good. Yeah, I think we got through most of them. I didn't want to wrap up on the injury one. It's like... <laughs> that was a downer. <laughs> that was a downer. <laughs> uh. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And thank you for submitting your questions on Instagram. We're definitely going to do this format again because... Yeah, that was um, awesome. Yeah, I love it. I feel like it's really productive. Um, there's, there's times to have an episode about one topic, and there's times to rapid fire through a lot of topics. So for sure. thanks so much, you guys. Thank you. All right, guys, episode's over. Please leave a review and subscribe up on Apple. It would mean so much to me. And if you want to be the first to know about all things Skier Die, shoot me a text at 
4683603 and we'll get you added to the community.